Spiritual Sword Media presents The Anchor of the Soul with Mike Hickson, preacher for the Olive Branch Church of Christ in Olive Branch, Mississippi. We have an anchor that keeps the soul steadfast and sure while the billows roll. Fastened to the rock which cannot move, grounded firm and deep in the Savior's love. And now, Mike Hickson. I would hope and pray that all of us are striving to live in harmony with the will of God. It would be my prayer that each and every one of us are doing our best to walk day to day with the Lord. John talks about how if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of his son Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin in 1 John chapter 1 at verse 7. We know that if we live a faithful life, that one day the Lord will own and crown us on that great and final day. I don't know what it is about mankind, but there seems to be a tendency among the human family to want to blame someone else if things go awry in life. And no doubt there are many people in our world today, because of their lost condition, they would want to blame someone for that particular dilemma. And so tonight we ask the question, who will you blame if you're lost? I said a moment ago it would be my prayer that all of us are striving to do our very best to live in compliance with the will of God and one day to go to heaven. Maybe you've never obeyed the gospel. And so in light of that, again the question, who will you blame if you're lost? I would begin by setting forth the premise that there are some who will strive to blame God. And the idea here is that they will lay the blame on God the Savior. In 1 Timothy chapter 4 at verse 10, the Bible speaks of the fact that God is the Savior of all men and especially those who believe. What I would want us to see is that God is interested in our salvation and not condemnation. Take, for example, a passage found in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 33, at verse 11. There God said, As I live, says the Lord God, I have no, no pleasure in the death of the wicked. God is not interested in sending anyone to hell. To the contrary, God is interested in our salvation. When you pick up the Bible, one of the things that ought to be apparent is that the Bible is a book that underscores God's redemptive plan for those of us who comprise the human family. God's interested in our salvation. When Adam and Eve fell in the Garden of Eden, he set forth the promised seed in Genesis 3.15. And beginning at that point and time in history we have an unfolding of his redemptive plan. And ultimately, the Old Testament is simply pointing people in the direction of the fact that the Christ is coming. Turn over to the book of Matthew, and Matthew through John. The exclamation there is that the Christ has come. And then picking up in Acts, down through Revelation, the statement could be made, the Christ will come again. But nonetheless, God is interested in our salvation. But there are some people that would want to hold him liable. 
That is, if they were lost, they would say, God is responsible for my lost condition. Well, the Bible says in John 3, 16, For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God thought enough of each of us to send his only begotten Son into the world so that we might enjoy the blessings of heaven. Think about what Paul wrote in 1 Timothy chapter 2 at verse 4. He said, God would have all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. And then also in 2 Peter chapter 3 at verse 9, the Bible says that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And so the idea that God would be responsible for our lost condition simply does not hold water. Now, I said a moment ago that typically within the human family, there is something within us that would say we want to hold somebody responsible for our actions, for our deeds, for our misconduct. Back in Genesis chapter 3, when Adam and Eve transgressed the law of God in the Garden of Eden, God had said they were not to eat of the tree of life. He said, the day you eat thereof, you will surely die. In chapter 3, the Bible tells us that Adam and Eve partook of that tree that God had said not to partake of. And so we find God approaching Adam in the garden. And Adam said unto God, the woman whom you gave to me, she gave me of the tree and I did eat. Well, what was Adam saying there? Basically, he was holding God responsible for his transgression, for his sin. And so tonight we ask the question, if you are lost, Will you blame God? Well, I don't think that any of us can rightly blame God if we're lost because God is interested in our salvation, not in our condemnation. Well, what about the idea that maybe we would blame God's Son? That is, that we would blame the Son of God if we're, if we're lost. There might be some today in our world that would say, well, it's the Lord's fault. It's Jesus' fault that I'm lost. Well, again, we pick up in the Scripture, and over and over again we read about the love of Christ and the willingness of Christ to come and die in our stead. In other words, to pay the price for our salvation. Think about what Jesus said in Luke 19, verse 10. He said, In the household of Zacchaeus, the Son of Man has come to seek and to save the lost. The angel of the Lord, when he appeared to Joseph in a dream, he said relative to the birth of Christ that Mary would bring forth a son, that his name would be called Jesus, and he said, it is he that shall save his people from their sins. Well, Jesus came to save. Jesus is in the saving business, just like God the Father. God the Father is interested in our salvation, not in our condemnation. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, He too is interested in our salvation, not in our condemnation. Think about what Jesus said in John 12, verse 32. He said, And I, if I be lifted up, will draw all men unto myself. Jesus is interested in drawing people to Him. We talk about the love story of the cross. The cross is simply an invitation to lost humanity to turn to the Lord. In John 14, verse 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Jesus there extending hope to the human family. 
And then I think about what Jesus said in John 15, 13. Greater love has no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. Somebody might want to blame the Lord if they are lost. But the fact of the matter is we can't rightly and correctly blame the Lord because Jesus came to save. When Paul wrote to Timothy, his own son in the faith, in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15, he said, This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. Paul understood that Christ came to die for sinners. Well, we might ask the question, who then is a sinner? Well, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Without the blood of Christ, without the Lord in our life, we are lost. The Bible says in Romans 3, There is none righteous, no, not one. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. However, through the shed blood of Jesus Christ, we can enjoy the benefits of reconciliation. And not just reconciliation, but redemption. We have been redeemed through the blood of Christ. Jesus paid the price on Calvary's cross for our sins. If you and I had been the only person to have ever lived, Jesus would have gone to the cross for us. Peter said he bore our sins in his body on the tree, that we being dead unto sin might live unto righteousness. By whose stripes, he said, we are healed. Jesus paid the price for all of us. And so, can we correctly and rightly blame Jesus, that is, the Son of God, if we're lost? Well, the answer to that would be no. Well, thirdly, it might be the case that some would want to blame God's Word. How many times have you heard people ridicule, mock God's holy Word? There are people in our world today that look upon Scripture as nothing more than a fable. They have the idea that this is simply a book of fiction. One of the things that we pointed out in Bible class today is that when you look at Matthew, you have Matthew presenting the genealogy of Jesus Christ through the seed of Abraham. In Luke chapter 3, we have Luke providing the ancestry of Jesus through his mother, Mary. Why do you think that the Holy Spirit saw fit to provide us with the ancestry of Christ? In other words, why do you think that God in heaven realized the need to provide us with a seed line to the Christ. I can tell you why. Because it underscores the historical Jesus. You see, there are people in our world today, they will simply wave off the Scriptures. They look at Scripture and they say, well, it's just a book that has been originated by mankind. Nothing more than fable. Well, when you begin to look at these 66 books that comprise what we call the Bible, you'll find that there is one united theme, one grand system of salvation. And that salvation is what we call the scarlet thread of redemption. And there is a thread, a scarlet thread, if you please, that runs from Genesis to Revelation. And each and every book interfaces one with another. And those books emphasize to us the fact that there is a God and that God in heaven created the world and that this God in heaven had a son and that there is another 
member of the Godhead called the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is the one that has provided us with this word that we call the Bible. Well, there are a lot of people that cast doubt upon Scripture. And yet we have before us the historical Christ. Look at what the Bible says about science, geography, history. Look at, look at the leaders of various nations that are spoken of in Scripture. Each and every person that is spoken of in Scripture can be validated. Now, it may be the case that from an archaeological standpoint, some of the people that are referred to in Scripture have not been, have not been uh, found as a result of the spade of archaeology, but nonetheless, these are real people. These are real events. These are real and historical places, cities, kingdoms, nations, if you please. And so the Bible, sometimes people, sometimes people turn a deaf ear to the Word of God, and yet the Bible has been given unto us so that we might have faith in the Lord. Listen to what Paul said in Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. The Bible says we are to walk by faith and not by sight. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 at verse 7. Paul said all scripture, every scripture is inspired of God and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, and righteousness that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly furnished unto every good work. You and I, we have in our hands this book that we call the Bible. It's up to us to spend time reading, studying, and meditating upon these great truths. The psalmist said, oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. If we do not know the scriptures, whose fault is that? If we do not have faith in the Lord, whose fault is that? This book is intended to produce faith in our life. In other words, this book is intended to be a, a guide, a compass, a GPS, to use modern terminology, to guide us from earth to heaven. Think about what John wrote in Revelation chapter 22. He said, the Spirit and the bride say come. The Spirit, that is the Holy Spirit, through what? Through the Word, implores us to what? To come. The bride, what is the bride? The bride is the church. Those of us who are members of the church, we invite, we encourage people to what? To come to Christ. And then I think about what Peter said in 2 Peter chapter 1. He said in 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, that God has given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Now let me ask you this question. We live in America. And I suspect that most of us in this country, there may be exceptions, but for the most part, people in our country have access to the Word of God. We have the Scriptures. There very well may be people in our society, in our country, that will be lost because they have not availed themselves of reading, studying, meditating, and discerning the sacred scriptures. But whose fault is that? Granted, there are people in remote parts of our world that do not have access to scripture. But you and I, we live in the wealthiest country in the world. We have access to the Word of God. And this Word is intended to guide our lives, to mold our lives, to make us into the kind of people with whom God would be well pleased. Can we rightly and correctly 
blame the Word of God if we are lost? The answer is definitively no. Did you know that this is the book that's going to judge us one day? Think about how little time people spend in the Word of God, and yet this is the very book that will one day be opened on the day of judgment. Jesus said, He that rejecteth me and receiveth not my word hath one that judgeth him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. We read just a moment ago from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10, where Paul said, All of us will be made manifest before the judgment seat of Christ. If we're going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ, and we will, doesn't it stand to reason that we want to know what God's Word has to say if that's the book that we're going to be judged by? In Revelation chapter 20, when John talks about that great and final day of judgment, he said, I saw the dead, the small and great, standing before the throne, and the books were opened. What books? The Word of God. The Old and the New Testaments will be opened. And we'll be judged by what? By the very Word of God. Paul said, we know that the judgment of God is according to truth. Romans 2, verse 2. That's why we need to spend time in this book. So, is it any wonder that John recorded in John chapter 20 at verse 30, many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of His disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, the book of John was written so that people might have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible has been written so that we might have faith in God. There are two ways that we can know that there's a God in heaven. One is creation. The second is revelation. We have creation. We can observe the sun, the moon, the stars, the world in which we live, and we can discern that there is an almighty God. Revelation, however, tells us about the will of God and God's desire for us. And so... What about you tonight? Will you blame God's Word if you're lost? The fact of the matter is we can't blame the Word of God because God's Word is all-sufficient. It is inspired, and it tells us exactly what to do to be saved and to stay saved. Well, number four, is it possible that we would try to blame God's people, that is, the saints? Did you know that there are some people that because of human nature, are looking for somebody to blame. It might be the case that there are some who want to blame other Christians because they are lost. Well, I would simply remind you of this, that those of us within the body of Christ, we're striving to the best of our ability to live faithful, godly, productive lives in the sight of the Lord. We're interested, just like God the Father and Jesus Christ the Son, we're interested in the salvation of the souls of people. We take to heart the Great Commission in Matthew 28, 19. Go therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. We take to heart that statement. We're interested in the lost. And for other people to blame us for their lost condition. Now, it might be the case that we've not done our job. We've been talking about trying to become more evangelistic and to be thinking about the souls of men. Solomon said in the long ago, he who wins souls is wise. It's a wise thing to do, to be concerned about the lost. Well, we don't want to stand before the Lord on the day of judgment 
and have others point their fingers at us and say, look, you had the truth, you knew what the Lord expected of me, and you never shared that message with me. And so we want to fully and completely fulfill our responsibilities when it comes to the Great Commission. I think about the words of Paul in Romans chapter 10, verse 1, when he wrote to the Jewish people, or rather wrote about his Jewish people. He said, Brethren, my heart's desire and supplication to God for Israel is that they may be saved. We're interested in the lost. We do not want to see any soul Rich, poor, black, white, educated, uneducated, it makes no difference. We do not want to see anyone in a lost condition. We want to do everything within our power to reach out to those who are lost and dying in sin so that they might have the opportunity to hear the saving message of the cross and thus respond. Now there are only two answers people can give, either yes or no. It may be though that some like some, like those in days gone by, will say maybe later. They'll procrastinate. But if we have shared the gospel, then we've done our duty. And people cannot blame us if they're lost. And so tonight I would ask you, would you blame God's people if you're lost? Well, I would hope not, because we're interested in your soul salvation. And then finally... Will you blame the godless? That is, will you blame those who are living in sin? Did you know that there are some outside the body of Christ who look within the church and their response is, why would I want to be a member of the church? Why would I want to be a Christian? I mean, after all, the church is nothing more than a bunch of hypocrites. What we need to understand is that the church is a hospital. And hospitals are intended for what? For sick people. The church is a hospital. And it is intended for sick people, those who are sick with sin. That's why we read about the great physician in Matthew chapter 9. Jesus said, I have come to call not the righteous but sinners to repentance. And so the church... Yes, there are people within the church who are not probably living as they should. Are they hypocrites? Yes, they are. Why? Because Jesus said they say and do not. That's what he said about the hypocrites, that is the scribes and the Pharisees in Matthew 23:3. He said, outwardly they appear righteous before men, but inwardly, he said, they are full of all uncleanness or lawlessness. And what we need to understand is that they're going to have to stand before God one day. In Matthew 23, 33, Jesus said to the scribes and the Pharisees, You offspring of vipers, how shall you escape the judgment of hell? What Jesus was saying there is, look, if you live the life of a hypocrite, well, you're going to have to stand before the Lord. And in standing before Him, He's going to judge you accordingly. Well, there's some people that want to use that as a crutch. There are some people that look within the body of Christ, and they talk about how the church is filled with hypocrites and how people are not living as they should, they're not acting like they should. Well, that may be true, but that's no excuse for not obeying the gospel and doing what's, wrong, what's right. Can we blame the godless if we're lost? Well, the answer is no. 
And I would just say this. I understand that there is this tendency among man, among those of us who comprise the human family, to look to shift the blame in someone else's direction. But the hard truth of the matter is, if we're lost in this country, the only person we have to blame is ourselves. We have everything necessary for life and godliness. I know sometimes there are congregations that have their problems and they have troubles. And there have been any, any number of congregations in days gone by that have had division, they have split, and they have hurt the work in that particular location. What I would encourage anyone within the body of Christ, when we talk about shifting blame and we talk about our own spiritual lives, all of us ought to want to be identified with a congregation where we can grow spiritually, where we can serve the Lord faithfully and do His will. There are faithful congregations in our brotherhood. Granted, there, there are congregations that are not what they ought to be. There are some that have gone into apostasy. But those of us who are striving to do what's right, what we want to do is identify, we want to be identified with a faithful body of people in a given location and then execute the work of the church. In closing, who will we blame if we're lost? We can't blame God because God's interested in our salvation. We can't blame Jesus because He too is interested in our salvation. We can't blame the Scriptures because the Scriptures inform us of our lost condition and the remedy for sin. If we're lost, we can't blame, we can't blame those who are living in sin because... That's, that's not a logical argument. Individuals who are alien sinners or apostate saints, we can't, we can't use them to excuse ourselves in a lost condition. And then we can't, we, can't blame, we can't blame saints. That is, we can't blame members of the body of Christ, faithful members of the body of Christ. What I would want you to think about in closing is this. Life is about one thing, and that is about serving God and living for Him faithfully. Many people in our world today are confused about what life is all about. For them, it's things, it's materialism, it's money, it's self. Well, what life is all about is fearing God and keep his, keeping His commandments. Because as Solomon said, this is man's all. There is no reason for anyone to be lost tonight. Those of us who are here, we know what the Bible teaches. It might be that we're looking for a crutch, but what we need to do is turn to the Lord to realize that God wants all of us to be saved. Maybe you're here tonight and you're not a New Testament Christian. Why not put your faith and trust in Jesus as a Son of God? Turn to Him. Repent of every sin. Be baptized into Christ for the remission of your sins, as Peter said on Pentecost Day in Acts 2, verse 38. Live a faithful life, and in so doing, the Lord will own and crown you in heaven 
one day. Revelation chapter 2 at verse 10. Maybe your life is not what it should be as a child of God. Maybe you've, maybe you've gone back into the world. What would you need to do? The Bible says if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. What we want to do is encourage you to come home. Don't blame someone else. Don't, don't blame anybody for your spiritual condition. Realize that the Lord loves you. He sent His Son to die for you. Come home to Him tonight. Thank you for listening to the Anchor of the Soul. Your speaker has been Mike Hickson, preacher for the Olive Branch Church of Christ, located at 9100 East Sandage Road in Olive Branch, Mississippi. To hear this lesson again and to see video archives, go to olivebranchchurchofchrist.org. Tune in next Sunday for more of the Anchor of the Soul. Will your anchor hold in the storms of life When the clouds unfold their wings of strife When the strong tides lift and the cables strain Will your anchor drift or firm remain? We have an anchor that keeps the soul Steadfast and sure while the billows roll Fastened to the rock which cannot move Grounded firm and deep in the Savior's love. Hi, I'm Mike Hickson. We hope you've enjoyed the Anchor the Soul radio broadcast. Our worship services at the Olive Branch Church of Christ begin at 10 a.m. each Sunday morning. Our Sunday evening service starts at 6 p.m. If you're in the Olive Branch area, we would love to have you visit with us. Services at the Olive Branch Church of Christ are streamed live over the Internet each week please visit our website for additional details. That website is www.olivebranchchurchofchrist.org. Join us again next Sunday morning on this station at 8.30 a.m. for the Anchor of the Soul. This is a presentation of Spiritual Sword Media.